This is Drinks at Work by Boothby with Sam Bygrave. That's me. This episode is a little different. Humans seem to be hardwired to notice change. We put a big emphasis on new things, and we hate to lose things that we value. But when everything is fine and things are just coasting along, well, we don't tend to notice them as much. Perhaps we don't appreciate them as much as we would if we knew that one day they weren't going to be there. This is a problem in the way that we go to bars and the way the media covers the bar and restaurant scene. Once a bar is up and running, very few publications in the media go back regularly. Writing news stories about the place praising its consistency, that doesn't happen. They'll write about new menus and new chefs and new fit outs and that sort of thing. But the type of place that does what it says it does on a tin and it does it night in and night out, which is really what you want in a venue, they don't always attract as much attention as they deserve. That is, until they say that they're closing. I'm guilty of this, chances are you are too. Last week, the veteran bartender and owner of Bondi's Rosenbaum and Fuller announced on social media that he'd be closing the doors and the business for good at the end of this month. If you haven't been yet, get there this week. The food is delicious, the drinks are great, and the whole place champions Australian native ingredients and spirits. It does this in a relaxed but pretty room or with an intimate neighborhood vibe. It's the kind of place you want in your neighborhood, and I wish I'd gone there more. So on this episode, I speak to Lee to find out what it's like to close a bar. It's his first, and to close it after four years in business. It's a bittersweet time for Lee. He's still working through just how he feels about it all, and I can't thank him enough for joining me to talk about it, because we don't often get an exit interview like this. People love to champion their successes. You'll hear about that all day. But understandably, when these sorts of difficult decisions are made, people are usually less forthcoming. So thank you to Lee for being such an open book. It's a really interesting chat. Now, my chat with Lee Potter-Kavanagh from Rosenbaum and Fuller. Lee Potter-Kavanagh, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work. Thank you, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Lee, we're talking today, this is the end of July, and we're talking today because, I mean, you've you kind of come to a bit of a crossroads, I guess, in your career. You've had uh, an illustrious career so far. You've been bartender of the year a few years back. I think you came second last time they staged that competition. <laughs> and you certainly know what you're doing behind the bar. Uh, you're the owner of Rosenbaum and Fuller in Bondi, a great little bar and restaurant that sort of focuses on native ingredients and, and native spirits. But you have recently announced that you're, you're calling time on that endeavor. And I think today we're just going to have a little chat about sort of why. Thanks for agreeing to talk to me about it, because it's kind of a uh, an area that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about too much when they decide to walk away from a business or close it down or however you want to phrase it. But let's start off with, uh, I guess, for people who don't know Rosenbaum and Fuller, what was the idea? What is the idea behind Rosenbaum and Fuller? Uh, what did you want to achieve when you opened it? Yeah, still two more weeks of is than it already was. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, like everything I do, it's always convoluted and overcomplicated and a really long story. <laughs> Everyone's like, give me the elevator pitch. And I'm like, well. <laughs> How long you got? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, you know, it was just basically my idea of kind of, you know, who I am, my version of hospitality, the way I see the world and what I want things to be, you know. So that meant um, a focus on my idea of, you know, what Sydney hospitality is. So, you know, mix of cultures. Um, being proud of Aboriginal culture and having a really strong inclusion of that, you know, and in their ingredients, celebrating all of Australian produce and, and kind of, um, you know, including that in spirits. So not just signing a big contract with one of the big foreign suppliers and, and taking the sponsorship mm. dollars and then kind of 
preaching a message that maybe isn't supported by you know most of what I'm selling. You know, I wanted to really make sure that everything we do is is all the way. So, so yeah, even you know everything we sold has been you know products we really believe in and Australian stuff and um, you know same with the wine list and and you know same with the food you know and that's kind of I guess in a nutshell what it is and then you know that was reflected in the name so um in my family tree you know i've been australian for many many generations and the two names that i used from my family tree were both on my um, mother's sides and then uh were both the most recent immigrants to australia in my family tree so i thought that kind of summed it all up nice and neatly um you know it's still long and convoluted and <laughs> And that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for joining me, Lee Potter-Kavanagh. Uh, no, that's probably the quickest I've ever heard you sum it up. Um, I, I, should, I should explain that we've known each other for a long time. We actually went to high school together. So um, you've, been, you've been in the space now for almost five years, uh, but it's almost four years of Rosenbaum and Fuller. Um, can you tell, what, what have you been your proudest accomplishments in that space now? Um, it's hard to have that perspective still because it's still right now is kind of like the the breakup kind of process, you know. Yeah, I guess I should ask you, how are you feeling right now? Oh, it's such a mix of emotions. There's like everything, you know, every single emotion there is, I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kaleidoscope. But no, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to really have perspective yet, but, you know, I have been thinking about it a bit. And since I put the posts up and started talking about it and like, getting lots of messages and, and kind of people getting in touch, which has been really lovely. It's, um, it's certainly kind of changed the way I feel about it. And it's like, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is the relationships and the kind of connections and, you know, even thinking about, you know, there's not many bottles of spirits or wine or other things where like the stuff, particularly the stuff we sell a lot of where we haven't built a really strong relationship or rapport with the person who makes it. And like, mm. you know, it's like, it's just this connection, this like thing that binds us and kind of brings us all together. And I know that sounds all hippy dippy, but like, um, yeah. I think for me, the thing that, you know, I'm most proud of is all the connections and that's on the supplier side. Then the staff we've had here, you know, we've had some incredible people working here and, you know, I like to think I'll be connected to them for the rest of my life. You know, we've got great relationships there. Yeah. And then, you know, watching them develop as people and seeing where they go, it's amazing. And then finally, you know, our really beautiful locals, they're the people I'm, I feel most sad for because I, like, I feel like we're abandoning them a little bit, you know, because it's like yeah. there's not a lot of kind of places that offer the kind of space that we do in Bondi and, and kind of, you know, allow people to just kind of be adults in a relatively relaxed kind of space and, and kind of still have high quality stuff available. So Mm. yeah it's kind of yeah it's a mix it's you know very emotional but you know it's uh i think the most proud thing yeah is kind of all those relationships and then you know hearing stories of people who've met for their first date and now they're married and have a baby and all this <laughs> stuff and it's like that's so cool you know it's like you know yeah. we've been such a big part of the community for the time we've been around like it feels like a relatively short time but it's also been a very kind of intense time so i think that's kind of you know, the people who have formed strong bonds, I think they're very strong because of all the shit we've been through in the past few years. So yeah. I can swear, right? Yeah, no one listens to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be you and me, mate. Uh, you, you mentioned there <laughs> you mentioned there that um, people who have met there and had babies together. You've recently become uh, a dad this year. 
has that fed into your decision to wrap things up at Rosenbaum or Fuller? Yeah, partly. I mean, um, what, what's the reason? What's the reason behind it? I mean, like I guess even the past few years, you know, there's been situations where when things have got tough, you know, I just throw myself at the problem and like I use my energy and my time to get us through it. And I guess after like five years of that happening, it's like, you know, it's not really worth it for me anymore. You know, it's like, you know, the taller short of it is that it's like, you know, the the decision wasn't a simple one. There's so many factors that have gone into it. And it's like, you know, while I've made, you know, what I see as mistakes from my perspective, um, you know, the reality is I think anyone who goes into this makes loads of mistakes and it's how you kind of adjust to them that really shows how you get go forward and, and kind yeah. of how, you, how successful you are. And, you know, there's loads of things I'd do differently if I did it again, but I still think we gave it a really solid crack. There were a lot of kind of headwinds and things that were kind of happening in our situation that kind of made it more difficult. You opened when the, uh, the bushfires in Australia were full on down in Bondi and the, it was just smoke everywhere, right? And then you've had two large lockdowns to contend with? Yeah, I mean, Bondi is already a really seasonal area, which makes it challenging in its own right. And then, yeah, we've had, you know, bushfires which ruined one summer, heavy rains that ruined another summer, COVID, COVID, and then now more heavy rains. Um, so it's just like, it's bonkers. COVID's rang its head again now. They're talking about La Nina again this summer. It's just like, oh, fuck <laughs> But no, I kind of made up my mind before we, we knew those last two bits, but... Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, it's just, I think at the end of the day, you know, I reached out to some people in the industry who are, you know, very, um, you know, good operators and have been doing this for a while and people who I've reached out to in the past and, you know, I kind of asked them for a bit of time, grab a coffee and had a bit of a chat. They gave me some good perspective and some good kind of reflections and that sort of stuff, which was amazing. And I think, yeah, it just comes down to it. Like the majority of the things I wanted to achieve through doing this, I have. And Mm. at the end of the day, it's not really a business that I want to operate anymore. So it's kind of like, well, that's the decision made. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's, it's that simple, you know, it's. um, Yeah. Like, I mean, do you consider it, and this might might sound binary well it is a binary right but like would you consider it a success or a failure and and i guess how would you how would you define a success or a failure uh that's the challenge like i said i think for me the biggest thing is the relationships and you know i consider that a huge success um, yeah i think what we've done here was very unique and very different and i think that's great and i like to think maybe we've turned the dial just a little bit in, in kind of a few people's worlds at least if that's the case, then that's a huge success. You know, that's that's really what I was going for here, you know. Like if I wanted this to be just about money, I certainly wouldn't have opened what I've opened, you know. <laughs> if it was just going to be about money where I am here, it would have been, you know, I don't know, sushi bar with, with like a wall of cheap beer or something in sport. Yeah. I don't know. And- <laughs> I don't know. And picklebacks yeah. or something. You know, something, something very kind of, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Let's you, you had to be very careful not to describe <laughs> any other venue in the area right then, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think owning uh, like a venue like yours, you know, a small restaurant bar, trying to do something interesting and, and quality, do you think that's something uh, you're better off trying to do if you're – maybe not with the family, someone with younger energy and stuff? Yeah, I don't think it's more about the family. I think my mistake was trying to do it by myself. Like I definitely should have done this with a partner or two. Um, 
you know, I think I'd seen so many business partnerships go bad that in my mind, the solution to that was to do it by myself. Yeah. So that could happen. Uh, the plan was always to then cut some people in along the line, but obviously every year we've had such hurdles that it's been, you know, almost recruiting a new team almost every year, which has been really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it's kind of been one of those things. It's, um, you know, it just hasn't played out that way. And that's, I think, you know, my bit, like I've made so many learnings from doing this. And, you know, I think my, you know, even when I started this, I think my learnings from all the previous businesses I'd opened for other people helped me in my decision making for this business. But I think even doing this for the past five years, I've learned so much. Yeah. And now I feel like I've even more developed as a person and, you know, what I would do for setting up new businesses or, or adjusting old ones or that sort of stuff. It's like, you know, even more perspective. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, you know, just definitely definitely getting going in with a partner or, or kind of working with other people is huge because, you know, it's just such a big job. It's like, you know, you're always responsible and there's no one you can really fall back on. You know, yeah. it's like even like, you know, your partner, my wife, whatever, like she's really supportive, but like, you know, it's not something where she can really understand it because she's not a part of it, you know, and yeah. it's like, and then you can't really ask that of people you employ. It's a different relationship there. So, so it just becomes very lonely and very challenging, you know, and it's like um, that kind of crushes you a little bit when that's, when it's hard times. So, mm. so that's really, really challenging. So I definitely suggest if anyone's listening and they're going to be uh, doing it themselves, definitely try and find a good partner. And like everyone says, make sure you're not experts in the same thing. I know everyone wants to open their, their bar with their best mate who they've been bartending with five years. But if you both do exactly the same thing, it's not a good partnership. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Both be in each other's business, and no one will be looking at the books. You yeah. know, <laughs> better better to be complementary in skill sets, huh? Yeah, like I look at like Mikey and Julian from like Barbershop and all those guys yeah. in, the, in the distillery, and you know that's a really great partnership because they just have such great skills, but they're such complementary skills, you know. And it's I think that's incredible, you know. And I think most good partnerships work like that. How does it feel owning your own venue as opposed to running one for someone else? Because like you said, you, you've run some, some big venues, some smaller venues. Uh, this one's 100% yours. What's that feeling like? Uh, well, I've always run businesses that I run as if they were my own, which has got me into trouble sometimes. <laughs> and I think when you, when you own your own, you can't get into trouble. So it's like, <laughs> that's the only difference, you know? <laughs> You know, it's a different situation, you know, also opening this, the reality is, you know, I'm not fucking rich and I sunk every dollar I had into it and and it wasn't enough, you know. It's like it's, like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if you're not um, super liquid, it's also kind of a, uh, um, it's a hard thing to do, you know. It's like it takes a lot of money to, to get things going. So. so what, better to have investors so you get a bit more, I guess, uh cushion or something rather than well yeah i think it's sensible to have um you know that kind of uh that backup you know so if you do need extra investment you can reach on it you know there were certainly times where you know we needed to do things and we couldn't afford to do it and that led to other problems and you right. know, it's like you know but at some point with a business you need to make that call anyway because it's you can't just keep buying new stuff mm. uh, on the australian spirit side of things uh when you open I think there was a couple of places that did, you know, that were stocking a fully 100% Australian spirits back bar, Bad Frankie's, 
I don't know, I think I think it was just Bad Frankies at the time you opened, right? Uh yeah, I think there was a place in Newtown as well doing it, and then um, okay. uh, like was it called Black Sheep or something? I'm not sure. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think there are a few places around that were that were doing it. Um, and then yeah, a few places all kind of sprung up around the same time as us that that were kind yeah. of doing it as well. How um, how are you seeing that scene develop now? That I mean, there's definitely a lot more interest in Australian spirits at the moment, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, or like, look at the gin category. It's like now, unless you're unless you're like, there's probably what only two or three big foreign gins now that like are still brand called. Aside from that, no one gives a fuck about imported gin. You know, it's like you know, <laughs> everyone is interested in the new local awesome Aussie craft distillery. And even though everyone's like, oh my god, there's too many gins, it's like, well, Chimpanzee <laughs> Back Bar is still like imported gins that you get paid to stock that you don't sell. So it's like, get rid of that shit, put in all the Aussie stuff. And it's like, the reality is, we've only just begun the gin boom. You know, it's like the bubble yeah. has not come close to bursting, and it's just going to get even more regional, more localized. And then what's really exciting is the whiskey boom is just I was about to say, start. Yeah. You know, like. It's just about to start. Like I got to work for Starwood for a while and that was great. There were like bulwarks that are helping kind of really, you know, blow up the scene after Lark and Sullivan's Cove and all those kind of people. So it's really helping to open it up. But the reality is it's still a drop in the ocean, you know. Yeah. In the next five to ten years, we'll see that same whiskey bubble start to explode, you know, and then we'll have all these Aussie whiskeys just like we do gin now, which is so cool. For me, it doesn't make sense that we need to import all this spirit from all across the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love all these amazing, you know, foreign booze, but it's like should just be more of like a special occasion thing, like a cut of red meat or something. You know, it's like <laughs> the rest of the time to be drinking local. You know, it's like it's, yeah. it makes sense. You know, we have the quality now. Like there's no there's no reason not to. That's true. Are you done with owning venues now or is it something you'll think you'll revisit one day? Is it something you're still interested in, in sort of doing? Oh, I still have loads of ideas and things I'd like to do. I think it's one of those things that will just be, um, you know, if I meet the right people who I part want to partner up with and do, you know, I think particularly with this venue where food was such a big part of it, it was really hard not having someone who could be responsible for the kitchen, you know, so. Um, yeah. Would you do food again? I couldn't really, yeah, absolutely. To be honest, yeah. like, I see it goes so hand in hand. Like there are so few bar concepts that I would want to do. Like, a, you know, I mean, I won't say never, I'd never do a nightclub because then I'll probably end up doing one and I'll fucking, there's someone like, you wouldn't do it. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Um, that would be no, some think, nightclub, I'll tell you what. Food <laughs> is so important. And I think it's like, um, I help, I think it really helps define a venue. And then I think also, it changes the way people interact with your venue. And I think the way people go out now, like we'll see if it oscillates back over the next five years, but I think the way people go out now is, you know, I mean, unless you're in the city or kind of some of these kind of really um, busy kind of areas at nighttime, people really like to just like sit down now, have a group, have a table, sit down for two hours, have some food, drink some drinks. It's like, you know, it, I think that's such a such a good thing. And then you could really get, you know, the spend you need out of people as well and kind of make the most of those tables rather than constantly turning for, you know, $15 a head. What, what are some of the exciting sort of bar concepts that you've seen lately that you think, are, you know, suitable to the times that we're in and, and that kind of the, the customers that are out there at the moment? Um, well, I think what the guys from the Love Tilly do, group do is just insane like everything they do just so spot on they're so clever their marketing's great um 
you know, they communicate everything. They do really, really strongly. You know, it's just that nice kind of mix of food and booze, you know, and it's like I think it's that thing where each offering complements each other really, really strongly. And it's just they're very good at just kind of, you know, getting you in, getting you out, taking all your money. And it's like, you know. <laughs> in a nice way. You're very thankful for it, you know. It's like, it's good stuff. It's like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, but you feel good about it. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's awesome. You know, I really respect what they do. Obviously, the Cantina OK and those guys, they're fucking killing it. Um, yeah. You know, Swill House, still amazing. So still really clever. Um, yeah. You know, I think they're all kind of really, really solid, solid businesses that really, really clever. What does the future hold for you? I'm sure this is a question that everyone's asking. What are you going to do next, Lee? Uh, yeah. Do you have any plans in store so far that you can talk about? Or uh, There's like a few things, like a few projects for myself that I'd like to work on. But, you know, I'm not sure. Like I'll probably open myself up to some consultancy opportunities to help out, you know, some other businesses right now. I know it's. Right now, everyone's kind of clamoring for help and staff and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, it is a seller's market. Yeah, so, so you know, it's it's something that I really enjoy doing. Is you know the the kind of ideation stuff and and like helping people with operations and making things work in a profitable way and not putting you know a nice well five meters from a sink <laughs> and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> You know, now I've got all this experience with like food and wine as well. It's kind of it's a bit more I can kind of do everything now, which is really cool or help with everything or at least connect with the right people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that could be cool. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll redo my CV and put it out to recruiters and LinkedIn and all that. And if some dream role jumps in my lap, then, you know, I'll jump there as well. Um, at the end of the day, I have just had a baby, so I do need to um, make some good money because uh, – <laughs> Kids are expensive. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Lee, uh, for people, uh, this should come out. Yeah, this should come out before the end of the month. So, what uh, you're wrapping up? What's the last service? Uh, Saturday the thirtieth will be our last public service, and that'll be um, that'll be a big night. Um, yeah. So until then, we're kind of doing like a, you know, trying to. <laughs> drink all the wine basically so we're doing 20 percent off in menu and 40 percent for takeaway and kind of you know just encouraging everyone to stop through again like it's kind of one of those things it's um the last few days will just be a little bit just try and drink the place dry essentially and, yeah. um you know have a nice big farewell and um send it off in style and and kind of um try not to cry too much <laughs> He says laughing. Well, as long as there's some yeah, wine there left at the end, yeah. Emotional. I'm sure there'll be a few tears, but you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, it's um, you know, it's it's you know, it's been so much great stuff has happened here. So it'll be it'll be a good time. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Lee, congratulations on a, a spectacular sort of four years that I think surviving, <laughs> just considering what you had to contend with as a success in my book. But particularly for what you've done for Australian spirits as well. It's been huge. So uh, best of luck with everything. And thanks for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Thank you to Lee for joining me. And thank you to you for listening. As always, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Please make sure you get yourself into Lee's Bar as well. They shut on Saturday the 30th, which is this weekend. If you've got some thoughts on this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Please hit me up on sam at boothby.com.au. It'd be great to hear from you. And until next week, this has been Drinks at Work by Boothby.